It's good to be a part of the family of God, amen? amen. And we are especially grateful and excited when somebody joins our community. So welcome, JJ. We also love kids in this church, amen? Uh, we decided about uh, seeing all the kids up here and listening to the children's story. Next week, the kids are going to be leading out in worship, well, some of them. So we invite you to come and uh, uh, support them next week during the church service. <clears throat> Earlier this year, uh, I don't remember exactly when because I wasn't paying that close attention, but uh, news headlines were filled with a particular person who was, after many, many years, probably two decades or 25 years, finally saying goodbye to daytime television. Can anyone tell me her name? Oh, somebody was watching. That's right, Oprah. Um, Now, I don't know if you faithfully watched Oprah. Guys don't, right? But women uh, all over the uh, U.S. watched Oprah for near 25 years, and earlier this year, she... uh, uh, closed her talk show. And one of the things that Oprah was famous for, besides doling out advice and who knows what, is that she would have this special um, show called Oprah's Favorite Things, where she would give away stuff. And uh, it was a very popular show. Um, and uh, she was well known for that, giving away stuff, um, things that she liked. Uh, <clears throat> and uh, it just so happened that uh, uh, as Oprah's popularity grew, so did the size of the prizes and, and the amounts of things that she gave away. And uh, it, it caught my attention um, because although I didn't watch Oprah, I know some people who do. And uh, <laughs> I wondered what it would be like to give away stuff, lots of stuff. Uh, now, I've given away things, have you? Uh, you know, to the uh, Paradise Valley Rummage Sale and Thrift Store. Uh, uh, I've given away stuff to my brother, you know, stuff that's... No, we we moved, so we gave away a lot of stuff. But Oprah gives away brand new stuff, and makes a big show about it. You know, sometimes she actually gives away money, money. Have you ever given away money? Lots of it. Take a look at this picture, uh, would you please? Okay, do you guys recognize who that is? Oh, you'd recognize Drew Barrymore. Okay, good. Uh, yeah, she's an actress. And do you know the lady next to her? Oh, yeah, you've been watching. Okay. And do you see the size of the check there? One million dollars. Um, yeah, she I was on her show, obviously, and uh, she was giving it to Drew Barrymore's charity, and, and she made a big check. Now, every time I see one of those things, I'm fascinated. By. Have you ever seen or held one of those giant checks? Have you ever wanted to get your hands on one of those giant checks? I mean, wouldn't that be fun to go into the Bank of America with this large big check? Oh, hold on. Let me sign it. Because whenever you're giving away money, you, wanna not, you don't want to give in a regular. You want to give it away in a big check. Oprah was giving away $1 million. When celebrities give away money, they write it on big checks because they got big checkbooks. That's how much money we know you have, depending on the size of your check. <laughs> just kidding, just kidding. We don't check your check. Uh, take a look at the next picture, please. <clears throat> uh, anybody recognize who that is up there? Oh, look at that. Somebody noticed. Yes, she's a country music star. Carrie Underwood giving away, can you see that? 
$50,000. I know it's a little hard to see, a little blurry. Yes, he's giving away the big check, $50,000. They got her picture taken. Uh, it, it seems like when you want to give a lot of money, you got to give a big check. But you know, it's not just celebrities that have to get in on the action. Next picture, please. It could be just anybody. Do you recognize any people up there? No? Well, yeah, because they're nobody in particular. But look at that. They're giving a check, seven, oh, you can't see that, $17,000. When you give away money, when you're giving away a lot of money, I mean, if it was $5, you probably wouldn't want to write a big old check. But $17,000, that's, that's, that's pretty good. In fact, that check is bigger than them. Did you notice that? I think if you put it this way, it'd cover them up. And it's not just, uh, you know, just uh, like regular business people or uh, uh, anybody can get in on the action. Next picture, please. I bet you can't recognize who that is. 50 Cent, that's right. That's 50 Cent on the, on the right and the game on the left. Now, if you didn't know that, you need to brush up on your hip hop because that's how we roll up in here. And, um, but that's, that's 50 Cent, uh, I'm sorry, 50 Cent, that's his name. But you don't say it like that, you say 50. There you go, 50. 50 Cent. When you get home and you... Your friends say, what was the sermon about? It's about fitty. And uh, you throw your hands like this, you'll be immediately relevant. But you can see even rap star moguls are into giving away big checks. Taking pictures, publicizing all over the internet. Big checks. And what about you? What about when you do something nice for other people? What about when you do something big for other people? Turn your Bibles, please. The book of Matthew, chapter 6. Yeah, you, you could take fitties down. We're not that cool. You can, there you go. That's more like us. Book of Matthew, chapter 6, verse 1. We have been studying the Sermon on the Mount in which Jesus is, is, is introducing into our culture His kingdom principles. In the book of Matthew, chapter 1, Jesus continues. And it says, everybody there, I'm, chapter 6, verse 1. Book of Matthew, chapter 6, verse 1. And it says... Be careful. Are you there? There's a Bible right in the pew in front of you. If you don't, and I don't suggest you trust me. I, I suggest you read it for yourself. Be careful not to do your acts of righteousness, in quotation marks, before men to be seen by them. For if you do, you will have no reward from your Father in heaven. So when you give to the needy, do not announce it with trumpets, as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and on the streets, to be honored by men. I tell you the truth, they have received their reward. But when you give to the needy, do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing, so that your giving may be in secret. And your father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. What do you think about that? How does that verse compare with what you just saw? How does that verse compare with the culture you live in and are a part of? How does this verse compare with who you are and what you do? Jesus is beginning to explain a new way of thinking, a new philosophy, a new kingdom. In a new kingdom, there is a new king and there are new ways of living. And Jesus is systematically going through and explaining this new way of thinking and new way of living to the people. He begins, as we read in Matthew chapter 5, by saying, Blessed are the poor in spirit. Jesus says in this new kingdom, we are not as concerned with those that are high and mighty. We are concerned with the humble. In this new kingdom, we do things differently. 
In this new kingdom, we interpret life differently. Jesus begins to systematically take aim at the way things, uh, at the way things are valued in their society. And, and he is challenging the way things are valued in ours. Jesus says, blessed are the merciful, blessed are the meek, blessed are the peacemakers. These are all characteristics of the new kingdom that the kingdom that we currently live in doesn't believe in. Jesus says, you have heard it said, do not murder, but I tell you, don't even insult somebody. You've heard it said, do not commit adultery, but I say, don't even look at somebody that way. Jesus said, people like to swear about this or that, but let your word be true. Your yes be yes and your no be no. Jesus says, in the world around us, People only like their friends and they hate their enemies. But in this new kingdom, you must also love your enemies and pray for those that are trying to hurt you. And then he says this, be careful not to do your acts of righteousness before men to be seen by them. For if you do, you will have no reward. So when you give to the needy, do not announce it with trumpets or oversized checks. Do not announce it with trumpets as the hypocrites in the synagogues do and on the streets to be honored by men. I tell you the truth, they have re- uh, received their full reward. But when you give, do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing so that your giving may be in secret. What does that mean for us? Now, obviously, maybe you have been writing checks of that size. I, I don't really know. Uh, what does that mean for us? And how we give and how we donate and how we benefit others. I uh, did a search on the internet. I didn't see any of your pictures come up, so I guess you're safe. But I don't know. I don't know. Maybe when you donate a large amount, you want to make sure you're recognized. I don't know. The Bible says, don't let your left hand know what left hand know what your right hand is doing, so that your giving may be in secret. Then your father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. Jesus says you have to be careful with how you do your acts of righteousness. See, when I read this in the book of Matthew, it creates a little dissonance, a little contrast. Because just a few verses before, in chapter 5, Jesus says this. You are the light of the world. A city on a hill cannot be hidden. Same sermon. Just a few phrases before. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on a stand and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before men so that they may see your good deeds and praise your Father in heaven. And doesn't it seem to anybody else that these two statements initially contradict one another? Because on the one hand, he's saying, don't do this so others may see it. And on the other hand, he seems to be saying, do your good deeds so other men will see. So which is it, Jesus? Which is it? I think oftentimes as Christians, we live in this confusion. We're not really sure. Sometimes Christian churches like ours, when we're doing something good, we want everyone to know. Hey, check us out. Look at what we're doing for this cause or for that cause. We publish it in the recorder. And if we're really cool, we might make it to the Adventist World Review. Uh, And then Matthew 6 says, don't do that. 
And then there are other times when people say, well, what are you doing? And we say, well, I'm not going to tell you because it's, it's in secret. Matthew 6 says, I'm supposed to do it in secret. But then Matthew 5 says, let your light shine before men so that everyone will see. So which is it, Jesus? What is this? Is this a kingdom where we're supposed to do stuff for other people and then encourage others, motivate others? Or is this a kingdom where we're like undercover? We don't understand. We don't understand. And, and, and in, the, in our Christian experience, sometimes we do both. I'll tell you how it looks like. We come to church and there it's like, let my light shine before all men. Check me out. But when I'm out there, I'm undercover. When I'm at work, nobody knows that I'm a Christian. Nobody knows because don't let your deeds seen by men. Shh, secret. But in the church, I want to check me out. And I think we missed the boat completely. I think we misunderstood. I think we haven't figured out what the kingdom is really about. Jesus goes on to say, listen to this. And when you pray, do not be like the hypocrites, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the street corners to be seen by men. I tell you the truth, they've served for reward. But when you pray, go into your room, close the door, pray to your father who is unseen. Then your father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. And when you pray, do not keep on babbling like the pagans, for they think they will be heard because of their many words. As a kid, I grew up uh, in church, a pastor's kid. And let me tell you, there were some times I wanted to quote this to my dad. Because kneeling in a church without carpet for hours on end is hard. And I wanted to say, Dad, you know what the Bible says about babbling on? (laughs) Do you know that God's not going to hear you because you have more words? The Bible says so right there. Well, I was smart enough not to say it, and so I remained alive. (laughs) But the Bible says, do not keep on babbling, for they think they will be heard because of their many words. Do not be like them, for your father knows what you need before you ask him. This is then how you should pray. And this is where our Father, which art in heaven, comes from. So yes, we talk about it. Oh, that's the perfect prayer. But understand the context? Jesus is trying to highlight something else altogether. He is teaching us how to pray, but he's teaching us how to pray in opposition or in contrast to the way other people approach prayer. He goes on. He says, look at this, verse 16. And when you fast, do not look somber like the hypocrites do, for they disfigure their faces to show men that they are fasting. I tell you the truth, they have reserved their full reward. Have have you done a fast lately? Don't answer that because, well, I don't really want to know uh, because it's supposed to be a secret anyway. uh, But when you fast, put oil in your head and wash your face so that it will not be obvious to men that you are fasting, but only to your father who is unseen and your father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. What is he talking about? What is he talking about? What is he trying to express? He says, when you give to the needy, do it in secret. When you pray in secret, when you fast in secret, it will not be obvious to men that you are fasting. Apparently, the Pharisees, uh, when they were conducting their fast, they would, uh, um, you know, look all gone. Oh, 
What's wrong? I'm fasting. Oh, can you? Did you hear that? Did you hear that? That was my stomach. It was grumbling. Why? Because I'm fasting. Of course. And they would be all, oh, look at me. I've been fasting for a long four hours, man. Ever since breakfast, I can't wait to get home. Oh, boy. And Jesus says, no, you clean yourself up. Comb your hair nice. Put on some makeup. I mean that. So that it will not be obvious to everyone else what you're doing. You know why Jesus does this? And what the difference is between in secret and a light to men? The big difference is not in the action, but in the motive. The big difference is not in the actual act, but in the why you're doing it. It's interesting because Jesus says, when you give to the needy. You notice that? There's no if or like, you might want to think about this. It's, it's, it's a fact. When? It says when you pray. Not like, well, you can think about it. Or, or when you fast. You guys think, well, if you fast. Because we live in a country that doesn't practice fasting. Uh, we, we don't. Uh, the practice of fasting was to learn self-control, to deny yourself in order to think about others before yourself. But that's not a very high uh, concept in, in our communities and in, in our culture. But Jesus says, when you fast, don't do it to be seen by men. And in chapter 5, he says, let your light shine before men so that they may give glory to your Father in heaven. See, this new kingdom has new principles. And, and, and one of the principles that it, Jesus is trying to bring into this is that in this new kingdom, it's not just what people see that matters, but what people can't see that matters. See, in this new kingdom, we're not doing things just for this world, just for these people. In this new kingdom, we follow a king that is unseen. We follow a king and a God that can see what is unseen by everybody else. In this new kingdom, this new king can see right through your facade and into your heart. He can see right through what you're doing and understand why you're doing it. And if you want to be part of this kingdom, you have to recognize that's the king that you serve. So Jesus says, if you're doing this, for them, then you're not really doing it for me. If you're doing, if you're giving to the needy, if you're preaching in church, if you're whatever it is that you're doing, but you're doing it so that these people would be impressed, then they're your king, not me. If what you're doing is to get glory, to get praises and to get your picture on the web, then, then you're doing it for yourself. But not for me. But in this kingdom, the kingdom that I bring, Jesus says, all the glory goes to God. All the glory goes to God. So when you pray, don't pray to be self-important so others know how fancy you can pray. When you pray, pray fancy, but pray it for God. When you give, don't give so that others will say, oh, wow, he's a good giver. Give it to God. 
When you do something, whatever it is that you do, all the glory must go to God. And that is the filter for understanding the Christian life. That is the filter of the new kingdom. That is what defines which kingdom you belong, your motives. That's why Jesus is spending so much time getting right down to the heart of things. You noticed earlier when he said, don't murder. It's not just enough not to commit the crime publicly. You can't commit the crime inside your head, inside your heart. God can see that too. When he says, do not commit adultery, it's not just enough to do this hurtful thing to your wife. It starts here and in here. When Jesus says, blessed are the meek, blessed are the poor in spirit, he's contending with your heart. He wants people that love him from here, not just on the outside. And now he's addressing these, these things that seem to have taken a hold of spiritual, uh, spirituality, of Judaism, and, and, and I would dare say taken a hold of Christianity in modern day, even of Adventism, where we have been pressured along the way to look, act, behave a certain way publicly. But no one is really concerned with what happens privately. Except for the king. The king says, make it obvious to your father who is unseen. For the father sees what is done in secret. So here's the Here's the bottom line for you and me. What kind of Christian life do you want? What kind of spiritual life do you want? Do you want one that's full of make-belief? Full of external evidences? Or do you want a life that goes all the way down to your heart? A spiritual life that goes beyond what is public and affects what is done in secret. Because I have a tendency to believe from experience how easy it is to just play the part. Dress the part, talk the part, act the part in the right circles. And then leave it all behind when you're in secret. But this new kingdom that Jesus brings to the earth is not for the church building. This new kingdom is not just when you're hanging out with other Christians. This new kingdom, Jesus says, is to salt the entire earth. And you are that salt. It's to light the entire world. And you are that world. That light. And Jesus says, I want people who also love me in secret. When no one else can see. I want people who genuinely want to give, not just because somebody's watching. I want people who want to pray and, and talk to me, not just when others are paying attention. I want people who understand that I'm concerned about their heart, not just their appearance. And what about you? Are you tired of living a make-believe Christianity? Uh, uh, pretend spirituality? Are you tired of playing the role? Because it's exhausting. If this isn't really you, 
It's exhausting to keep putting up a front, keep dressing the part, keep pretending you are somebody that you're not. And Jesus is not interested in that. His kingdom is not for hypocrites, fakes, posers, whatever you want to call it. His kingdom is for real people addressing real issues in the heart. His kingdom begins in the secret of your heart. So what about you? What about you? Do you want to love God in the secret of your heart?